how to build your weekly mileage. How many miles do you run per week? How does someone build up to be able to run 50, 60, or even 100 miles per week? Should everyone try to achieve these high mileage weeks? These are some really good questions that we're going to be addressing in this episode. Usually runners do see some great fitness gains when they start their running journey and they go from simply not running at all, doing zero miles per week, to maybe running five miles a week, then 10. And so a lot of people get into this mindset of we always have to be progressing, we always have to be building our mileage, we always have to be increasing. Um, Because in the beginning, we make a lot of progress that way, but as anyone who's been running for decades knows, you can't always increase into infinity, and sometimes increasing your mileage actually does not yield to better results. And so we want to talk about this topic of mileage because it is very popular for people on social media or even just in running circles to share what their weekly mileage totals are, and to athletes of the same fitness capabilities, let's say you have two 330 marathoners in front of you, one of them might be running 60 miles a week while training for that time, and another could be running something like 30 miles per week. And there can be a lot of differences in between, right? There's every number in between there. Sometimes there's people that run even more than that. Sometimes there's people that run even less than that. And so it's really important that we assess you as an individual and that you run the weekly mileage that makes sense for you. And that can actually vary from season of your life to season of your life. Um, What you maybe ran when you were 25 years old maybe isn't what you're gonna be running when you're 35, 40 years old. And we just have to adapt as our body changes over time. Sometimes you run more, sometimes you run less. And so we're going to be talking about how to know how much you should be running per week and also trying to talk a little bit about that comparison game and how it's not really helpful or beneficial in any way to be looking at what other people are doing in terms of weekly mileage because everyone has so many different variables that they're working with and it's really not a useful tool to compare what other people's weekly mileages are compared to your own. So the three main topics we're going to be talking or four main topics we're going to be talking about in this podcast episode are how do you know if and when it is time to start increasing your mileage? Um, So this is often a question that people get when they're looking to maybe start training for an event or they really want to start reaching their potential and running. One of the big variables that people often think about is I need to train more, I need to do more. And so this is about the volume, right? Like how much should you be training? How many miles should you be running? And we're going to be talking a bit about the different variables that are at play and how you know if it's time and maybe if it's not time, maybe it's time to back down. Next, we're gonna be talking about the debatable topic, right, of does more mileage equal better results? So we'll talk about, to a certain extent, it can, but we'll also talk about what happens if you do more than your body is physically capable of handling and recovering from. What will happen if you do more um, and how that can actually lead to poor results when it comes to your speed, endurance, and all of those things. Next, we're going to talk about just the basics, the science of how to safely increase. So if you do find that you're at a place where, hey, it is maybe time to increase my mileage, um, things are looking good, we'll talk about 
maybe some guidelines and rules to follow so that you don't overdo it and that you do it in an appropriate way that allows you to really reap those benefits of running a little bit more volume. And then next, we'll be talking about how you need to continually assess during your journey. So maybe you find something that works really well for you now, or you know something that worked really well for you in the past, but how should we assess going forward? Do I need to run more? Should I run less? Um, And how you can always be kind of tuning in with your body and how frequently should you be really assessing your weekly volume and how you're feeling as a runner, athlete, and just as a human in general, because our runs and how we train does affect our energy levels throughout the day. So if you are noticing things like feeling very sluggish constantly, just never rebounding, these are some things that we're going to be talking about as to, hey, maybe we should do some tweaks to your training because we want to think of you as an entire individual. You're not just a runner. You're not just out there chasing goals. What is a sustainable mileage for you as an individual with all of the roles that you play throughout the day? So diving in, how do you know if it's time to start increasing your mileage. Jason, what are some ideas that you have to share? Yeah. So, you know, I look at this question as sort of two categories. One would be like someone uh, that's just starting to train for a race, right? And just increasing from basically nothing, right? How do we safely progress you? That's kind of one camp. And the other person would be like someone that has done a training cycle and now they're going to do another. Um, How do we, you know, safely build that mileage or how would we know that it's time to increase the mileage in the next training cycle. And I always think back to like high school runners or college runners, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times a freshman come in and maybe they're running a certain weekly mileage total. And then if they're able to complete the season safely, you know, you might bump them up the next year and so on. And, and that would be one thing I would look for would be just, um, how the, how consistent was the runner and did they stay injury free? because that to me is a good sign that they can handle more. Um, And we look at the level of improvement throughout the season. Typically, if an athlete does improve or show some improvement, they're responding well to the mileage increase. That's a sign that, um, and then those other factors are also in line. That's a sign that we can continue to safely build the mileage a little bit more. And so that would be one thing I look at. um, How the athlete feels in general is another thing. Like, are they, you know, are they feeling tired, worn down, struggling to get through the mileage? Or is it something that, you know, they, they conquer the miles and they kind of feel like it was pretty easy and they could have done more on a daily basis. And that's really a sign that they could handle a bit more. And then obviously time is always another factor. Um, having the time to do that, especially for working professionals, um, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice other things, right? If you're going to be spending more time running, what what's going to be giving? And so is it worth it? That's really the thing you have to ask yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast or who train for races at a competitive or recreational level, even, you know, elite athletes, right? Like we all have careers, um, families, other obligations, and there might be seasons of your life. Like maybe when you used to be a teacher, you used to like to train a lot more during the summer months. Um, and maybe just a little bit less in, in the winter. And some of that's also seasonal, right? Some people do not like running on the treadmill. And so you're going to see people who maybe live in the Northern part of the country where the mileage really dips down low in the winter, just because, you know, they don't want to be running on a treadmill. And so you really want to be thinking about all of those variables, um, and how it can all fit in to your training cycle, right? So if you're someone that really um, likes to run outside, maybe like what's the best season to be training for your race in, and, um, how, how can we maintain a solid base so that when it does come time to increase that mileage ramp up, cause we get two of those physical peaks per year where we can really increase that mileage for, you know, 14, 16 weeks, have that peak race, um, and have that peak performance 
we really want to be making sure that that's going to be in alignment with when you can train for that race. And I learned that the hard way in 2013, um, I actually was interning at a CPA firm during tax season. And so anyone who knows tax accountants knows that during tax season is a pretty busy time. And I also um, ambitiously was signed up for my first marathon that was due to take place three weeks after tax day. So really not a good season to be training for a marathon, right? Because here you had to be working, you know, 60, 80 hour weeks. I was just an intern, but I still had to be putting in those hours. And then I also had to try to find time to put in um, these long runs and have the high enough mileage to do it. And what I found was that I just didn't have the time during that season to be able to dedicate to having very, very consistent um, training and consistent mileage. And so when you are framing up your training plan, your year, it is really important to be looking at that. Like if you have a job that is seasonal or if you um, are a parent and you know like, hey, summers are just not going to work because I have to kind of readjust my schedule, be home with my kids during the summer because they don't have school and whatnot. Every family, every um, job is going to look a little bit different. So just assessing those things and saying, hey, do I really even have the time to be increasing? Um, Next, we really want to look at your history, right? So what is your history looking like? If you're a master's runner who's been running for three decades, what you're doing now might look very different than what you were looking, what you were doing in your early 20s right after college. Maybe you're running a little bit less mileage. Um, We just wanna look at whatever your history is. And oftentimes people who've been running for a very long time, they can successfully um, move into lower volume training and still maintain their fitness because the aerobic base that you've developed over the decades you've put in, all of those miles that you've put in over time, that kind of like hangs out and stays with you. And so you have this aerobic base that maybe a newer athlete um, still needs to develop. And so these are all good things to be thinking about. Next is a topic I really want to talk about because I see people mislabel themselves quite often. Um, Injuries, of course, happen in the sport of running. And sometimes people will just label themselves as, oh, I'm injury prone, I can't run more than X miles per week. But we really wanna break it down and ask ourselves, was it the volume or was it something else that you were doing within the training that could have been causing this issue? Because maybe you keep your mileage low or whatever, um, but maybe the injury continues to reoccur. And so we want to make sure that it really was the volume that impacted and caused that injury. What I typically find is that it's a combination of things. Maybe there's an imbalance that we need to go to physical therapy, see a doctor for that sort of thing. Or more common is that athletes are not taking their easy days at a slow enough pace where they are able to see improvements and recover adequately in between workout days. So you have someone that's quote unquote, like hammering an easy run, or maybe going a little bit too fast on their easy days. And that in and of itself is too much stress. And so we're mislabeling um, the, the stressor that maybe caused that, that injury or flare up um, as, oh, it's a volume problem when sometimes it's, it's a pacing mm-hmm. problem. Sometimes it's that we're going too fast. Maybe we're doing too many workouts, that sort of thing. I typically find that if an athlete 
is going three to four minutes per mile slower than their 5k pace on a lot of easy runs that tends to be a really good zone i also find that it's very difficult for people to run that slow on easy days it's a newer concept for people but that really is kind of the magic bullet here when it comes to being able to run higher mileage you really do need to start to embrace those slower easy days and oftentimes people think that they can't increase past a certain point with their mileage but it's sometimes just that they haven't slowed down enough on their easy days to allow their body to run more than whatever 20 30 miles a week um, whatever their benchmark that they think think that they are stuck at so some good signs that it's time to start increasing mileage um, if the legs are feeling really good if you have um, additional time right so we talked a little bit about the scheduling if you are going the correct days on the correct pace on all of your easy days if you are following a lot of the basic training rules such as um, making sure that we're not doing too many hard workouts per week so we want to keep those hard workout mileage volume under 20 percent of our total um, weekly mileage we also want to be making sure we're slowing down enough on our easy days. If you're doing all of those things and you're finding that you maybe have a little bit of extra pop in your legs, you have a little bit more energy, you feel like at the end of every week, at the end of every run, you could have gone a little bit further. These are some good signs and indications. We also want to be looking at your performances. Are you improving? Do you have a track record of improving at um, these at this mileage? Do you feel like you want to do more? All of these things are really good indicators that it is time to do more. Um, some things that maybe aren't good indicators are if you have a time goal and you see other people on social media running a certain weekly mileage and you feel like you also have to, so you just want to jive in and kind of do that because it's motivating to you. Um, other reasons that aren't really great are if you just like the, the sound of a certain number, because I know a lot of people can get really caught up in, I want to run 40 miles per week. That's just like the number that I like. Um, I know oftentimes my mom, I will hear her saying stuff like that. She's like, I just really like to be running at least 35 per week. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with running like 34 or 33? Because right. sometimes we get these fixations in our head on numbers. And I think it's really common in the running community to, to like pick a number, fixate on it. And sometimes our body is just going to be kind of in between a couple of numbers, right? Like sometimes it's okay to just run 39 miles for the week instead of having to always run it up to 40, right? So we want to have a healthy relationship with those numbers. So next is does more mileage equal better results? So this is a really good question. Jason, do you think you would take on this question? Yeah, I mean, this one's, this one's complex because I think a lot of times people think, um, you know, if they hit that certain number, right? So you're talking about hitting 35 miles a week or I've had a few athletes that, you know, they maybe run like a certain number during a marathon training cycle. Maybe they hit like 50 or 60 on average. And then the next cycle, they think they have to hit 70, right? They think they have to do more mm -hmm. in order to get to the next level. But a lot of times for runners, that's not always the case. Um, as we, you know, what we know about increasing mileage is once we do that, you, you increase um, the risk for either burnout or injury goes up as well. And so you have to, you have to be very careful, especially if we're going to increase the intensity of your workouts and then also increase mileage. That is um, something we have to be aware of, right? Like we have to think about what's the most important 
factor here, the thing we need to increase or the variable we need to increase the most, right? Maybe it is just a few longer runs in, in your schedule and the workouts are going to be similar to your previous cycle. In that case, it might be appropriate for you. Uh, but maybe you missed a lot of a lot of key workout sessions and this particular athlete um, that averaged 50 to 60 per week I'm thinking of, you know, he had a few weeks in there where he only hit 30 or 40 because of a minor flare up or an illness um, or a work thing that he had to miss a, a workout for. And so I think that we could just get by with being in that same mileage range for the next training cycle. I don't think we need to increase. I think we just need to be a little bit more consistent and dial into some of our workout paces a little bit better. And so um, for every athlete, it's kind of a different situation, right? Like some, for some, they may excel with a little bit more mileage, um, but you have to think about uh, the rate of recovery. That's the key, right? If you struggle to recover from workouts or long runs, um, I would stick with the same mileage total. Just because you're jumping into a new training cycle doesn't mean you need to, you know, boost up the mileage. Yeah, I think it can be really tough to get caught in that comparison trap, especially when we have that history of, hey, you know, like I increased my mileage in my last training cycle, time to do it again, or I hit 50 Mm -hmm. miles per week during my last training cycle. So I have to hit at least that. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that cycle. And I always like to hear people's like personal stories. So I will share mine. In 2015, I set a, at the time, a marathon PR of 314, which I wouldn't break for another three years almost. Um, And during that time, I did increase my mileage a little bit. And I think I peaked at like 50 or 60 miles per week for that training cycle. Um, then I really wanted to continue to get faster. Obviously, like most runners, they get hungry for that next benchmark. And I thought, you know, 310 seems like the reasonable next step. I spent the entirety of the next year, um, increasing my mileage. And I got to a point, I pulled it up on my Garmin just now, March of 2016, I ran 397 miles that month, which is a daily average of 12.8 miles per day. 99.5 miles per week average. I knew when I was doing that that it was a little bit much, but I thought, hey, like if I improved so much increasing Mm -hmm. my mileage last year, like maybe I just, if I just run more, I'm just gonna like, you know, hit Mm -hmm. this next level and just kind of take off like a bottle rocket. But the irony of that is this is nine months after I ran the 314. I had increased for a while, and then what would go on to occur during that year is that I ran my, like, I ran subsequently slower in every marathon, and I ended the year with, like, a 328. So here I was running 14 minutes slower in the marathon, but yet here in March of 2016, I'm putting up, like, 90-mile weeks. So again, you're seeing the correlation that just because I'm running more, and I still was doing speed work, I was doing all those things. But what ended up happening and what the moral of the story is, is that you can only run as much as you can recover from. And so while on the outside, it might appear like, oh, she's recovering from that because she's getting up the next day and running again. Mm -hmm. You really have to look at it at a physiological level. So the human body is capable of enduring like amazing suffering, amazing pain, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's adapting and getting better. Sometimes you're just putting yourself through suffering for like no reason whatsoever and it's not actually making you um, stronger, faster, any of those things. So it's really important to have structure in your training and making sure that you're constantly assessing, how do I feel? Is this working for me or not? Um, I just kind of took a little bit of time to 
realized it wasn't really working for me. Um, and really the kind of the sad ending is that it did take me almost three years after that point to run a marathon PR. And when I did, it was only by like 40 seconds or 90 mm-hmm. seconds, something like that. Um, but it can be really hard to dig yourself out of a burnout hole. Um, and that's kind of what I did to myself. And I really don't want, I share the story because I don't want other people to have to go through that. More miles is not always better. And so just because you see someone else doing it, or you want to be as fast as someone else, doesn't mean we should try to replicate their training. Doesn't mean that we should, um, try to do whatever it is that they're doing, copy their workouts or copy their weekly mileage, because we have to assess like where we're at and make small adjustments Mm -hmm. to our training. I would say that if you double your mileage, kind of like I did within a year, it's probably overkill. And so that really leads us into the next point is like, how do you increase appropriately and make sure that you don't reach that place of burnout like I did? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad we're getting into this because that's really probably what a lot of people do wrong is they you know, they just increase too, too much too quickly. Right. And if you're someone that is really excited about increasing your mileage, you're going to need to hold yourself back somehow. And so being just committed to, I guess, the long-term approach and being patient, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, and so typically they, you know, we say, if you're going to increase your mileage, even during like a marathon training cycle from one week to the next, you shouldn't do anything more than a 10% increase. So you know, if you're running, you know, 35 one week, it should be a max of 40 or 38 the next week, that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, a lot of times I know Jack Daniels, he's a fan of saying like, you should run the same mileage for a a few weeks at a time before you bump it up. Right. right? Because you want to make sure that you are, um, able to be consistent, right? Get your workouts in, Mm -hmm. make sure you're recovering. Um, so there's nothing wrong with doing that. And then you can bump up a little bit and then stick on the same schedule or same mileage range for a few weeks. Um, I think that's a, be- a beautiful way to do it. I know a lot of times just naturally, but when putting together a training plan, it's not always that, um, you know, that progressive. It's more like, um, if we're doing a cutback week, it might be like 30, 34, 36, and then back down to like 30 or something. So, um, but yeah, if the 10% rule is a good rule, um, depending on your background, your history, what your training schedule looks like, how many weeks you have until your A race, you're going to want to have that cutback week be in there, you know, every every other week or every third or fourth week, depending on, on those factors. Yeah, if we break down that 10% rule, like it sounds like a really good guideline and stuff, mm-hmm. and it is kind of a good guideline, right? Keyword guideline. Um, you want to look at, as a coach, like I'm looking at, okay, if my athlete is running 20 miles per week and I'm increasing by 10% per week, going the jumping from like 20 to 22 miles a week you know it sounds okay we that's that doesn't seem super extreme but if we have an athlete that's maybe running let's just say they're running 60 miles per week um and they're Mm -hmm. like i really want to increase you know the next week so jumping from 60 to 66 miles in a week that is going to it's Mm -hmm. going to feel that's a lot different that's a different you have to think like proportionally right And then, like, I think the reason Jack Daniels probably says you want to hang out there for a while, if you are talking about increasing by 10% for, let's say, three subsequent weeks. If you're running 20 miles per week, what that's going to look like, 20 miles the first week, then 22, then 24, and then that's it, right? 
if you're doing, let's say you're the 60 mile a week person, you're going from 60 to 66 to 72. So you're going from 60 to 72 miles, you're adding 12 miles. I mean, that's a big, to me, that's a big jump. And going from 20 to 24, also kind of a big jump, but it seems a little bit less aggressive in my opinion. So I do really like Jack Daniels approach of like, hey, maybe we hang out, especially if you're someone who's already has like a solid base. Anytime you're above like probably 30, 35 miles a week, I think the 10% rule might be too aggressive. We might have to just increase by 10%, maybe hold it for a week, then bump mm -hmm. it up again, and then do a cutback week. It doesn't have to be like increase, 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 every week. And I think the more miles that you are running, so if you're someone who's above 40, 50 miles a week, we probably aren't going to be doing a lot of 10% increases. I mean, with my athletes, I typically don't just because if you did throughout the course of a, a marathon training cycle, mm -hmm. if you start at 60, and I already said by week three, you'd be at 72. We can only imagine how aggressive and crazy that can get if you are increasing all the way to, yep. you know, week six or 13 because you have three week taper. Um, so I definitely think 10% is like the maximum. Think of that as like this, like a guardrail to like not, you know, fall off the edge. What's more realistic sometimes is more like a 5% increase and maybe we increase every other week. Um, I really, really think it's important to incorporate cutback weeks. I definitely do not see a lot of runners doing this and implementing it because again, I think sometimes people can get really caught up and fixated on the numbers part of thing. And they're like, well, I like to run at least X per week. And so if you're someone who's running 50 miles a week and that's like your, your higher weeks, your cutback week might look something like 37. And I think for some people that's that's difficult to like see, especially because we have all these like data mm -hmm. tracking apps. And there's actually been some studies that have come out about the gamification of, you know, training, running, um, of anything, right? Of any fitness, anytime you're going into like those Orange Theory studios. And they say that like for beginner level, for people who are like are struggling with motivation, like to even just get off the couch, that the gamification of fitness actually really does help those individuals. But if you have people like me or like probably anyone listening to this podcast signed up for a race doing a marathon, it can quickly become a source of like an OCD or mental health issues um, where people are getting really fixated on what the stats are saying, what the numbers are saying, and it can go down an unhealthy path pretty quickly. And so we do just want to make sure that we're like bringing ourselves back to reality. If you're ever getting those thoughts of, oh, I have to run a certain amount per week, really just take a step back and try to assess like where that's coming from. Because if you weren't really tracking what your mileage was, you wouldn't maybe have that same tendency to not want to take the day off or not want to do a little bit less um, volume on whatever day. I think sometimes when we're constantly looking at stats, we can hear um, strange voices that are coming in. And I just know this because it's very prevalent. I hear my athletes talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. friends talk about it and I think it's something in the running community that needs to kind of be out in the open and addressed because the more people talk about it the more um, we are able to kind of break free from that type of thinking and any sort of like toxic thoughts that come along with it so doing a cutback week sometimes doing a cutback week every other week works really well sometimes doing it every mm -hmm. two weeks every three weeks what we don't want to do is wait until we're at this point of like 
chronic fatigue to take the cutback week. I oftentimes find in my own training, um, the cutback week comes right before I actually feel like I need it. And that actually is a good thing because it allows me to train consistency without having like that dip in the mental, um, the mental game or feeling like, oh, I really need a break. Mm -hmm. So if you do reach that cutback week and you feel like you don't really need it, that's a good thing. Uh, we wanna make sure we're feeling good throughout the entire course of training. So then lastly, how should you assess your mileage? So this is really important because if you're a runner for a lifetime or for a long term, most people are, right? Um, we want to always be keeping in check with how we're feeling, how we're doing, and things will change throughout the years, throughout the seasons of our lives. And I think it's really important that runners um, allow themselves room to be flexible and to make adjustments as needed, right? So if you went from not having any kids to now you're like a mom of two and you're just trying to constantly compare to what you were doing pre-kids, it might look a lot different now. You might not have enough the same amount of time. You might have um, things that are going to prevent you from being able to train in the same manner and you might actually be even more successful by doing a little bit less because you're gonna be feeling better and you're gonna be allowing your body time to adapt and actually get stronger when you are training at the appropriate level for where you are at currently. Um, same with maybe you used to have a job where you got to work from home, it was super easy, chill, um, you could kinda kick back for part of the day, but maybe now you've completely had a career change and you're now a teacher and you're on your feet all day and that's gonna look very different on a physical level than what you were doing prior. And we have actually a few professional runners who are, what is the name of the team that they're on? Minnesota Distance Elite. Minnesota Distance Elite. And one of them, he's a, a miler. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like what he specializes in. And so not, not really even the super long distance stuff, um, but he worked at a running shoe store. And one of the biggest complaints was like, it was impacting his training, which I know maybe some people that sounds a little crazy, but like when you're a professional runner, it does really, it does really make a difference. These jobs yeah. where you're standing on your feet and you're forced to walk around and he was training for the one mile, right? So you really have to think that if that person <laughs> was realizing, <laughs> hey, this isn't optimal for my training, we really have to be asking ourselves like the same sorts of questions. And I think these are really good things to allow yourself to talk about, think about, write these things down um, because they do impact how we are able to feel during our training, how we are able to train in general. And I know that once he was able to resign from that position and found something that was more of a desk job, he felt a lot better, was able to recover a little bit more, and it was just a better balance for him. And so while you might prioritize your work <laughs> over running mm -hmm. because you're not a professional runner, maybe it's a little different, You, what you might do instead mm -hmm. is maybe adjust weekly mileage, adjust when your workout days are, and be flexible with that. Yeah, it's really a good point. You know, we should always be sort of reflecting on and assessing how are we doing with the mileage and on a weekly basis you know every every season every training cycle and then year after year as well looking so you know you talked about gamification i think for some yeah that that can be a good motivator it can be good for right. tracking things too so you can see patterns right mm -hmm. um like maybe during a busy work season your training's really struggles right and you're always a little bit lower um or you notice like the last three years you've been building um 
and then maybe this fourth year you're not building or whatever and so just kind of being aware of that um you know and obviously our body's changing as we get older mm-hmm. you have to be thinking about um as you you know want to increase your mileage what are you doing to support that in other areas of your of your health is your stress under control are you getting enough sleep you know an adequate amount of sleep and uh, you're feeling nutrition is all that on point um is your strength training are you doing extra you know mobility and yoga those sorts of things that are going to help your body um, feel stronger and then obviously recovery is the biggest thing too um and that's why we shouldn't always be forcing ourselves to you know necessarily increase mileage yeah that's a really good point i think honestly if most people like took the time of maybe slow down we all kind of get those red flags that go off in our head and so sometimes it just takes like okay really listening to that and like we all know when we are doing a little bit too much when we're stretching ourselves a little bit too thin and sometimes we just try to like hush that you know voice in our head that's like hey um you've been sick like five times in the last four months like maybe we should take a look at some things maybe make some adjustments here um and so maybe that's gonna look different for everyone maybe it's just that like you're getting really overwhelmed with stress maybe you're feeling like you just don't have enough time um maybe like most mornings you're waking up feeling those ways i would assess like how can i have better balance and how can i create a schedule that's going to really optimize um, during the season because some seasons of life are just busier than others. I know when our first was a son, my son, he, um, when he was like one, right? Like, so the first year of his life, my running didn't, I didn't really feel like it took a big hit because he wasn't very mobile, that sort of thing. But then once he turned one and he was like starting to like be very active, be very mobile, um, my, I just was like sick all the time. I didn't know kind of what was going on because I felt tired all the time. And I just took a step back and was like, you know what, maybe I just need to run less. Um, because I'm feeling way too tired to do all the things I normally do. So I took my weekly running mileage from like the forties, fifties to maybe like 20 miles per week. Um, and I actually felt a lot better doing that. I stopped getting sick as frequently. Um, and I was just able to find a little bit more joy in that season of life. But also my fitness really didn't take that big of a hit. Like a lot of people are afraid to scale back their running mileage for whatever reason. And I found that my fitness actually stayed the same. If not, I actually like improved. I, I did run a 10 mile PR and like a one mile PR that year. So while I didn't really like have a marathon PR or anything to show for, I still was able to run very, very fast in other distances, just running, um, a reduction of mileage and so that almost took place for an entire year and you know as things as things evolved and things changed i was able to ramp up my mileage in other seasons of life and now he is almost or he is six years old and so it's just really interesting how things will change and sometimes we get in these seasons where we think it's gonna last forever but the best part about running is that it can fit with your season of life. And so I think it is really important to always be assessing. I think that at the end of every single week that you are training or not training, you should assess like, how am I feeling? What worked really well this week? And did I have similar feelings at the end of last week? And if you do that enough times every Sunday or Saturday, whenever you reflect on your weekly training, you will start to develop patterns. Because if at the end of every week you're feeling like maybe I kind of overdid it this week, or you know I was feeling pretty like tired most of the days, if at the end of every single week you're feeling the exact same way, that's typically a sign that something does need to change and that you do need to make adjustments. And so maybe that's adjustments to your training, maybe that's adjustments to 
other aspects of your lives. I'm not really sure, but I do think it's a really good practice that you can get into the habit of doing and it allows you to have that check in with yourself and then you can make adjustments as needed going forward. And you shouldn't always be running at peak mileage. You don't always have to be doing that. Maybe taking an off year, taking an off season, very important things in the sport of running. Running is always going to be there. And yeah, so hopefully this was a good episode because I know a lot of people are curious about, you know, what it takes to increase your running mileage, if you should increase your running mileage. And sometimes it really helps to have an outsider's opinion just to help with, hey, like, is it unrealistic to think that I could jump from this to this? Or how many miles do you think I should be running per week? That sort of thing. It's a really good question to ask a coach. And we do a whole assessment with anyone who starts working with us. We like to take a deep dive, look at your background, your history, and all of those things, and then build a plan with you going forward that's sustainable and that makes running both enjoyable and it allows you to improve and reach your goals. So if that's something you're interested in, you can fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.com for a free seven day trial. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.